Good evening, everybody. Good to see you out here this evening, and I reiterate what uh, Brother Caden said. We had a great retreat this weekend and family gathering. Uh, so thankful for the opportunity to come together to share in fellowship, to get to know one another, especially for us. Uh, it's been almost about a year since we uh, joined Center Grove here. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, of course, anytime we can get together and study a portion of God's Word is a great time as well. And Brother Roger, I just want to say uh, thankful that uh, we're always thankful when you lead singing, but thankful that you shared your grandson's uh, leading and uh, singing and his ability and talents with us tonight. Doing a great job, and you actually picked out some of my favorite songs, even though you didn't know that. So I appreciate that. And that's one thing we are going to talk about tonight is uh, making use of those talents that we're given as well. Uh, I didn't really know that I was going to be giving the lesson tonight until about uh, this morning. So bear with me just a little bit as well. Uh, I do wish it was under better circumstances that I was presenting the lesson tonight, but I'm very thankful that I have the opportunity to share a lesson with you tonight as well. Uh, the lesson I have for you tonight, I actually prepared a while back, uh, just haven't shared it yet, but I thought it would go well with the theme of our family retreat from this weekend. At our retreat, our theme was, I desire to worship, to serve, study, and live faithfully. So I decided tonight that we would take a look at the seven habits of highly effective Christians. Since I began my job in extension about 15 years ago, uh, I've analyzed my personality traits in every way that you can imagine. So I've had to take the Myers-Briggs test and learn that I'm an ENFJ. Uh, I learned what color my personality is, and I also learned what shape my personality is. I thought they could tell my shape just by looking at me that I'm big and round. Uh, but also I learned that uh, I'm a little bit of all those different things when it comes to personality traits. Um, also, I've had the opportunity to go to, through several uh, trainings inspired by Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mr. Covey's research found that highly effective people and thus successful ones who have made an impact in their various fields of study or uh, professional fields share a specific set of characteristics or traits and habits which he then analyzed and summarized into seven categories. Uh, so I went through this training actually twice. So the second time through, as uh, I have to admit that I do a lot of my end services uh, in extension, I started to daydream a little bit and thought about, if we're talking about seven habits of highly effective people, wouldn't it make a good Bible lesson to study the seven habits of highly effective Christians? What do effective Christians do? So after a little research and pulling some information from several different sources, I think we have a good lesson before us uh, to study on ways we can be more effective as a Christian. As Christians, we examine ourselves, and when we do so, it's helpful for us to have a standard to measure our growth, uh, to measure it by, and also for us to strive to be better Christians to one another and to those who surround us on a daily basis as well. Uh, this weekend, again, like I said, we had a great family retreat. We were blessed to hear some great lessons uh, from Brother Jeremy, from Brother Titus, and Brother John on service as Christians, on how we can work on our desire to study more daily and to read more, on being a faithful servant and a uh, faithful Christian as well. And I believe these habits can assist us as we desire to worship, to serve, to study, and to live more faithfully as well. So of these seven habits that I'll speak on tonight, I believe all of us have these habits developed in various degrees, of course, depending on our maturity as Christians, uh, our knowledge, and also our level of commitment as well. I also realize that none of us 
will have all these habits perfectly developed, as Brother John spoke on this morning. What we're looking at, uh, maybe is this is an ideal to shoot for, maybe a template that we can copy or strive to use to grow as Christians at every level of maturity and knowledge that we may have. I will also be the first one to tell you that I've definitely not perfected these habits as well. So before we get started, I want to make sure that we understand two key words of this lesson. The first one being habits. And of course, habits are actions that are ingrained, that have become a natural uh, part of us and natural because of continued repetition. There are things that we do without even thinking about, but accomplish with skill and precision. Also, I'd like to, uh, for us to think about the word effective. This word refers to the quality of our lives and our service. Are we effective as disciples of Jesus or effective producing fruit in our own personal spiritual lives and also as in the lives of others as well? So in this lesson, we'll take a look at seven habits that we can cultivate to assist, to assist us in becoming effective Christians and leaders. We know that Christians don't simply come out of the waters of baptism becoming effective Christians immediately. We observe that through practice and discipline, by our desire to worship, to serve, to study, to live faithfully, and by doing so, we cultivate habits that become a natural part of our lives and eventually enable us to become more effective as a Christian in the service to the Lord and to his church. There are many more habits that we could speak on other than the seven I'm going to tonight, but I believe the seven that we've chosen are seven common habits of highly effective Christians that I found from my studies. Habit number one, effective Christians read and obey God's word. Effective Christians are effective because their lives are powered by the word of God. They know what God says and that knowledge empowers them to make, right choices, to make the right choices in more consistent ways. They also resist temptation because they have God's word on their hearts and their minds daily. They resist that temptation continually. They uh, are more able to stand up for right, give the right advice, say the right thing at the right time because they know God's word, they know what is right, and they can even quote it as well because they're well studied. Paul congratulates Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.15 because he knew the holy writings from an early age, and this knowledge led him to salvation. But this knowledge also led Timothy into his vocation as an evangelist, as a partner with Paul in many missions, and as an example of effective Christianity for all future generations. You cannot be a very effective Christian in preserving your faith or even sharing it with others if you do not know the word of God and obey it. And you cannot know it if you don't read it. Effective Christians begin to pull away from immaturity and entanglement with sin and also with the world to a degree as they develop the number one habit of reading the Bible on a regular basis. Brother Titus shared with us on Saturday that nine out of 10 homes across America have a Bible. And in fact, on average, they have three, I believe he said. Uh, he also reminded us that access and availability to the Bible is at an all-time high. As we know, many of us have a hard copy. We have a Bible we bring with us, we have in our hands tonight, but we also have it on our phones tablets, computers, and access through the internet. So we can't make the excuse that it's not readily available. As he also reminded us, we don't even have to read it. We can put it on and we can actually listen to it and somebody can read it to us as well. 
Uh, I'm reminded of uh, one of my coworkers, his grandma was losing her sight, losing her hearing. So she had large print Bibles and she also had it on her TV and had him project it in larger words so she could sit close and read the Bible daily so she could continue her study. She didn't make the excuse that she was losing her hearing or her eyesight. She continued to find ways to study. We have access to God's word, but we must read it if we want to grow and be effective as Christians. Habit number two of an effective Christian is to have an active prayer life. We cannot effectively experience the life of Christ unless we read about it in God's word. And God can't effectively change, shape, and mold our lives if we don't go to him in prayer. Look at all the people in the New Testament that God used in many mighty ways. Were they not men and women of prayer? We know that Jesus prayed at every step of his ministry. John the apostle was in prayer when he had the vision to write the book of Revelation. And Paul prayed constantly for direction in his ministry. Lydia was at a prayer meeting when she was converted in Acts chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. The habit of prayer is what keeps us tuned into God and sensitive to the Spirit. Without the habit of prayer, we allow the noisy demands of the world and the impulses of flesh that are all that we can hear. The effective Christian succeeds in keeping the faith and growing in faith because he stays in touch with the Spirit, Spirit of God through prayer on a daily basis. Habit number three of effective Christians is to set spiritual goals. Benjamin Franklin once said, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. Whether it's a business or a school, our families or even a sports team, everyone needs to plan ahead. We plan ahead for vacations. We plan ahead for lots of things. Uh, in my job as a 4-H agent, we're required each year to write a yearly plan for our 4-H program in the county, what we want to achieve, uh, even for our performance appraisal, what we want to improve on as a person. Uh, another example is I review my retirement plan quarterly as it comes in an email, uh, more regularly, in fact, uh, as I have an app on my phone, so I look at it a little too much. Uh, so we make all kinds of plans for ourselves. But as I started thinking about that one day, I realized that I don't really do a good job of planning spiritual goals for myself, which is much more important than any other goals that I could set. What makes, it think, what makes us think that it's any different for our spiritual lives? Effective, Christians, or effective Christianity requires that we set personal spiritual goals and that we actively work towards achieving them, making the necessary sacrifices to eventually reach them. Think about it, no Olympic gold medalist stands on the podium after winning that medal without having made a decision to pursue personal goals and making sacrifices along the way. So whether it's to be more faithful to services, maybe to start helping out in some way, a commitment to changing a bad habit for a good one, or maybe doing a better job in what we've already been given to do, we do not become more effective as a Christian unless we visualize a realistic goal, strategize a way of achieving it, and commit ourselves to reaching it in a certain time frame with the help from God through faith in Christ. And remember, there's always folks here, our brothers and sisters in Christ, that will help us along the way as well. 
Another thing that Brother Titus gave us this weekend was some excellent resources to assist us um, as we study. From things like finding your best, best uh, method of reading or listening to the Bible, to finding sound resources to assist you in your study, things like the Apologetics Press or the Focus Press or GBN, even podcasts in today's age, which I listen to quite a bit. We have so many resources at hand to assist us with our spiritual goals. Paul the Apostle saw and heard Jesus could perform miracles, establish the church in the Roman Empire, but he continually was setting new goals for himself, like going east into Asia to evangelize Spain in order to widen his vision and set goals for the future. Habit number four of effective Christians is to cultivate the talents of others. I don't know where I would be without my wife, Stephanie, without my parents, without my brother. Uh, brother Charles Burgess, who uh, uh, was at Heron's Chapel when I was baptized years ago. Brother John Griffin from down in Gordonsville, Eddie Paschal, Larry Bradford. All those here at Center Grove from John to Ronald to Sean, Relin and Titus, so many more. Just to name a few, don't want to leave anybody out. And in fact, I wouldn't be standing up here tonight if it wasn't for some of them. So I'm thankful for that. These are all people who at one time or another in my Christian life have helped me to grow spiritually. Uh, each of these were effective Christians who took the time to help cultivate different aspects of my Christian walk. They were my mentors at various stages of development. John Griffin and the elders, Eddie and Larry down at Gordonsville, taught me how to be more effective in studying the word, how to drink from it, and then encouraged me to get up and teach adult Bible lessons, which was kind of scary because most everybody there was 60 years old or older. And at that time, probably I had been a Christian for maybe 10 years. And so sometimes they would uh, add things into the lesson and I'd be like, definitely. And I would go home and have to study that because they knew more than me. But I learned so much from doing that. And it wouldn't take anything for that opportunity to stand up and to lead those lessons because it helped me learn how to drink from the Bible, from God's word, and to study more deeply. Stephanie showed me the narrow path led by example, led me to become a Christian, and walks daily with me along my continued journey, encouraging me and others along the way. Brother Charles was one of the first preachers that I can remember that spoke straight to my heart with his message. He's also the one that brought me up uh, out of the waters of baptism as a new man, continually encouraged me as a young Christian, husband, and father. Ever since I've joined Center Grove here almost a year ago, I can tell anybody that will listen at work, out and about, whether it's a Sunday morning lesson, a Bible lesson, or a devotional, I leave each time feeling like I've been well-fed spiritually. From John to Titus, Ronald, Sean, Carl, both the Chris's, both the Mike's, and both the Jeremy's, and so many more, we're very blessed that we have so many that lead us in some great lessons each time we gather. And we are truly blessed here at Center Grove to have so many that are talented to teach, to lead, to sing, and to lead each one spiritually. Barnabas was a good example of one of those people in the Bible who so clearly demonstrated this habit starting with Paul as a new convert and later continuing with Mark, the young missionary. Effective Christians realize early on in order to stay effective, 
that need to build up others in the body. Solomon says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Paul says it in another way in Ephesians 4, 15 through 16, but speaking, in the, uh, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him, the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by, by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Note that the body builds itself up. When I build you, I also build me. Effective Christians are easy to spot because they are the ones asking for volunteers, just as Brother Rellin often does for us as well. Habit number five, effective Christians take responsibility for souls. Paul says to the Philippians in chapter 2, verse 12, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And it was said to the Bereans that they examine the scriptures daily. The Bereans did so to verify if Paul's preaching was accurate according to God's word. Highly effective Christians take responsibility for their own souls and for the souls of others, especially those who are lost. They are effective because they know that Christianity is not a game and that faith is not a crutch for the weak. Effective Christians make a difference in their congregations and in the world because they understand that the stakes are high when it comes to eternal life and that the enemy that we have in Satan can be very dangerous. Harry Truman, of course, a former president of the United States, was known as a tough-minded, no-nonsense leader. In fact, he had a sign on his desk that said, the buck stops here, meaning that he was the president, he was responsible, and he knew it. We are all, or each, responsible for our own souls, because in the end, we'll be judged on what we said and what we did. As we see in 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in, done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Effective Christians know this and do not waste their time or spiritual energy on things that would endanger this most precious possession. They have the habit of putting what is good for the soul first. This is why these brethren are so interested in saving souls while they're good at it, while they work hard in evangelism and visitation, they know the value of a human soul. Think back to the one that brought you to Christ, or maybe the one that brought you back to Christ. I'm sure that that brother or sister fits the profile of an effective Christian. Habit number six, effective Christians serve others. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Do you think that any of us would be here if Christ come as a royal king with attendees receiving the service, the service that he deserved? No, we're here with a hope of heaven today because Jesus Christ emptied himself. As Paul says in Philippians 2.7, taking the form of a bondservant. What saved us was his very effective service as he died for our sins on the cruel cross at Calvary. What continues the salvation 
as he delivered once for all is the effective service of millions of men and women who give themselves in service to reach each new generation of souls who are lost and without Christ. Effective Christians have cultivated the character of Christ within themselves, within themselves by cultivating his character of selfless service to others for their good, their advantage, and their salvation. For effective Christian service is not an inconvenience that they must bear in order to avoid guilt. No service is a way of life that they have out of their love for Jesus and that sacrifice he gave for us. And finally, this evening, habit number seven of effective Christians is that effective Christians remain focused on the kingdom. More Christians lose their way because they just don't pay attention. When I read that at first, I said, I don't know about that, but that really makes sense. If we look at uh, in the parable of the sower and the seed in Matthew 13, 23, Jesus describes the person who receives the word and grows for a time, but the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word and stops his growth. Note that the man was not a great sinner. He did believe. Uh, he did practice his faith. He even grew. What destroyed his soul were the things that we all face on a daily basis as, Christ, daily basis as Christians. The things that sometimes don't seem so dangerous to us. Things like deadlines or worrying about them, debts, our health, family, being busy all the time or all the activities we have, emergencies, just trying to make it, keeping up with others. He became focused on these things, and these things drew his attention away from Christ, his energy, and eventually his soul into their orbit. <clears throat> Effective Christians have learned to keep the kingdom first and have not allowed the cares and desire for riches to overwhelm their spiritual lives. When they do, they're the first ones and they're very quick to repent and to refocus their attention where it needs to be. As a matter of fact, effective Christians continue to increase their involvement, their love, their very lives in the affairs of the kingdom, and decrease their involvement, their love, and their lives in the world. Effective Christians know that the kingdom is forever, that it's reality, that uh, it's life itself. And they know that the world is temporary, it's simple, and full of sadness and death. They know this, and they live accordingly. So in summary, I believe these are seven habits of highly effective Christians. There are Christians who have managed to cultivate a lifestyle that incorporate all these habits. In other words, practicing these habits has created a certain Christian character and ability that makes these women and men highly effective as disciples of Christ. If you're a new Christian and you're wondering, well, where do I go from here? Or if you're an experienced Christian wanting to go to a higher level, then pursuing these seven habits will provide direction to more effective Christian living and service. So once again, to become a more effective Christian, you need to develop the habits of reading your Bible on a regular basis, as Brother Titus talked about on Saturday. Praying to God daily. Setting personal spiritual goals. Cultivating your abilities, but also the abilities and talents of others. Taking responsibility for your soul first, and then for the souls of the ones who are weak, lost, and wandering. Stepping up your rate 
an intensity of service, and finally, remaining focused on spiritual instead of worldly things. As Brother John said at our retreat this morning as he spoke, we will not be perfect Christians, but we can strive to be faithful and righteous servants. For those who are not Christians or you're young or new Christians, you will not be ready for all seven of these at once. But if you continue to continue to strive to be faithful and righteous servants, they will be, become habits over time. We can begin to become more effective at these habits as we desire to worship, to serve, study, and live faithfully as Christians. As Brother Mike read our reading for us, we then, as in Mark 8.34, will be better prepared to come after Jesus, to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, and to follow him.